0: Content that you're about to see. This is this is the first time I've run through it, and uh, but it's about ten years in the making, and so I wanted to share it with this community. It's one of those things where, when I was straight out of college as a 22 year old trying to take on the world, I kept on thinking, like, man, when I get in charge, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to do things differently, and I don't really understand why you're doing it this way. And as I progressed in my career, I've thought back on a lot of those um, those times. And I was like, Oh, that actually makes more sense. I didn't have that context. Ah, yeah. My leader was probably pretty smart on that one. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of get it now, but along the way I wrote them all down. I wrote all of the, the ideas I had of, of, um, about 10 years ago, I mapped out the journey to be a CMO. And so I've been on that path ever since. And I've been saying, okay, whenever this, this either rubs me the wrong way, or this is an experiment that fails and doesn't work. Um, Or this is something that I would just do differently. I started putting into this bucket. And I started thinking about, uh, I started thinking about what this world would look like if I had the magic wand. And then I started crowdsourcing and talking to other people about these ideas. And that's what I want to share with you all today. And so where I'm at now as I share my screen here is my topic today is revenue rules and revenue rules for a couple of reasons. One, I think gone are the days where us as marketers are able to skate by on brand and awareness and, Oh, I don't know. Right? Like when's the last time you've said, uh, you know, give me a hundred thousand dollars, but I'm not sure what the result was. It's probably been a while, right? Maybe, maybe five to 10 years. Um, or, or if you have done that, you're lucky and you've wrapped it into something like an experiment, but revenue for marketers has become the gold standard. And, and as Ian said in the beginning, it's, it's, it's what we measure everything by. And it's because that marketing has evolved from a function of order takers to a strategic board contributing revenue generating function of the business. Um, and so, this is, this is a dichotomy on the word because it rules, it owns, it is also fun and rocks, but the biggest thing is, is I've created that list and kind of combined it into, um, into this, rev- this 30 revenue rules that I have. And the 30 rules are, um, are inspired by a book that I read early on in my career by Marshall Goldsmith what got you here won't got you won't get you there and it was all about this idea of you've been promoted to the position that you are and you're stuck and you're not able to make it to the next level and so he's smarter than me he's got 20 I've got 30 eventually I'll maybe narrow this down to 20 but these 30 rules just like his 20 habits are designed to be something you can put into practice right away and all of these things that i've written down my aspirations are to write a book somewhere someday and put them into uh, a, a deep prose form with details and examples. And so this is where I'm testing it on on you guys. I imagine that you'll probably beat me up a little bit. You'll probably be polite today. Feel free to be and feel free to not be, but question all of these things because I'm gonna take this feedback and just kind of refine it and make it better and better. And so with that kind of the context in the background, who am I? Um, This is about the, the fourth or fifth time I've done this for a B2B SaaS company. And when I say this, I mean, built the revenue demand gen engine from scratch. And when I say engine, I mean people process strategy, technology, and data. And those are the things that I focused on um, and have been fortunate to work with some um, pretty cool uh, software companies and technology companies and enable implement this. I was talking to someone about about this this presentation and then these rules and kind of getting some feedback from one of my colleagues and they said all right okay but how do you know this is working right like how do you know these rules or what you're doing is any better than any anyone else is doing and i was like good question really good question like um i feel like i've had success we've seen our our leads and our meetings and our revenue go up, but all right, let me get back to you. And so I started an adventure at a new company uh, about seven months ago, and this was one of those opportunities where we can build from scratch, right? You can build and create basically anything that you want to, because you don't have the technical debt or the historical debt of where the company has been in the past, because it's a complete growth mode. And, And so I'm using this one as a use case. in in what the results were and a baseline. And I haven't seen this every time I've done it, Um, but for this particular company, our main metric is meetings, is can we set up at-bats for the sales organizations? And so that's the result that I've seen in the last seven months of standing up a lot of these practices is a 5X increase. We were around 20 or so meetings a month, and we 5X that because of the focus and the, the systems and some of these ideas that we put into place not everything is attributed to these 30 obviously there's market forces there's an incredible sales team and operations team a lot of partners involved and i'm not alone in this but i wanted to answer the question of like okay you know who who are you to say these are the rules uh who who are you to say what are the results Uh, how are you actually seeing these working And, and at least attribute some sort of metric and value to it and if you guys walk away from anything I want you to walk away from a couple of ideas right and and you'll see through some of these rules ah yeah i could implement that here and i could do it right away when i first putting started putting these down on paper i I immediately thought what we probably all think which man i'm going to come up with a framework and this framework is going to be you know a workflow and it's going to look really cool and then everyone's just going to look at the framework and be like ah i can follow that have you ever googled marketing frameworks (laughs) has anyone done that? We are, yeah, everyone's (laughs) crazy. there There's too many of them. I'm like, I don't want to contribute to another framework. I just want to give you something practical that you can be like, all right, I'm going to inch towards that one. Just like Marshall Goldsmiths, what got you here won't get you there. You go to one of those rules and you're like, I could start that today. I can maybe try that. Before I go into that though, I want to talk about why we need the rules like and and what are these these rules and what what are they solving um and there are three common problems or forces that i feel like i've seen in my experience hopefully you've seen them too that we are up against as marketers these these three problems and forces are like the gravity that's sucking us away from what we want to do there's a lot of times that that there's is follow the GPS of what your stakeholders are telling you. And you're over here, like, I don't know, that doesn't quite feel right. Like I want to go this way, but I'm being told to go this way and ultimately follow the GPS and, and whose fault is it? Is it, is it your fault or your stakeholders fault for kind of guiding you down that path? And I think the root of it is these three particular problems that, that marketers are challenged with. And the first one is justification. What I mean by justification is pressure we as marketers again coming back to what i said about the brand metrics we are we are expected to show results and show results immediately and anything anyone or any tactic that that doesn't show results the default assumption is often well that probably didn't work because you can't measure it because i can't attribute back to it was that a waste of investment was that a waste of dollars was that would you do that again and we're just under this immense pressure as marketers to justify and defend everything we're doing and the opportunity cost is we spend so much time justifying we don't have a whole lot of time to just take action um the second problem or market force is is change and things are just changing rapidly for us. Our days are not the same as they used to be. Um, our tactics are changing, our channels are changing, and we unfortunately don't have the luxury of saying, this worked in the past, it's going to now work for me again. I think there's. I think we as marketers need to trust our intuition and our gut above any of our stakeholders, but ultimately um, we also need to listen to them but we have to test everything, test it on ourselves and and prove that what had once worked is still working and have us constantly measure it because change is is a real thing. And then finally, optics. (laughs) This one, I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of hands. How many people, I'm gonna look at everyone here, how many people work with others that believe they can do your job as a marketer? There's someone that you work with that is like, I can do marketing. I understand it. I um, consume it in my everyday life. And so I get it. Like you're posting on social media, you're sending emails. I could be a marketer, no problem. I don't I don't have a degree in it, but, or I haven't known any you know, experience, but I'm close enough to it and I understand it. So could definitely probably execute on it. I saw a lot of hands on that one, just for anyone that's paying attention. Um, all right, so let's go a little bit deeper on each one of these, if, if you don't mind. Um, starting with justification, and this is how I structured the rules. Um, the, the rules have fluctuated around, and, and 30 is a nice round number, but I think each one of these has been is necessary to attack these problems. And when I say attack, it, I'm being aggressive on purpose, because the alternative is to be passive. And if you're passive to any of these three pressures, if you ignore any of them, you're being being diluted by one of the three fronts. We're effectively battling these three forces on, on three different fronts. And if you ignore one of them, it's gonna come back around. It's maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually, change is going to catch up with you right and not justifying and not showing results it's going to catch up with you and the what we're seeing is the lowest tenure of any c-suite person is our chief marketing officer and it's it's about depending on the 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 reports you're looking at 18 to to 18 months to, to three years the average is somewhere around four years plus it's the lowest of our of our C suite, and so we're not as marketers doing a good job to to keep those people in those positions. And if any of in all of you aspiring to be one of those people, uh, myself included, is we need to we need to not ignore these three fronts. So that's kind of the premise of the rules: is are you intentionally attacking? these three problems do you recognize them and if you take anything away today maybe that's the takeaway is is know that this is something that's that's going to prevent your you from reaching your potential and if you can come up and borrow some of these ideas come up with your own share them with this group to help us be in a better position to succeed and meet our potential as marketing professionals that's the attempt here right And so let's go through the ones for justifications. These are, we need to show a Rook results. We're under pressure. Uh, We have to do it now. So the first rule is be a business strategist. And this I I feel like is not everyone's mindset. A lot of our mindset is, well, yeah, I'm a marketer. I'm going to stay over in this corner. You guys figure out revenue. You guys figure out sales. You understand um, how our business operates, you know, EBITDA, blah, 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 profit, you know, et cetera. Um, let me just, let me just get a bunch of, let me do my job, generate awareness, get some people coming in. Um, and then we can talk about the business, but I think that's backwards. And the, the CMOs that I've seen, um, get promoted or the, the marketing leaders I've seen get promoted to CMO and this, the marketing leaders and the CMOs that I've seen get fired, there's, there's a difference between how they, with their conversations with the, the boards and the, the C-suite and especially um, the CEO, is is if you if more marketing leaders show up and have a good lens into the business, we can stick longer. The, the other thing that's part of this is uh, long-term thinking versus short-term thinking. And a lot of us don't have this luxury because we have a goal of how many, MQLs leads. How much revenue can you generate in, in the next five minutes? And that's that's important. We want to build our credibility and reputation, but not expensive, not at the expense of the long term. Thinking thinking long term. I think both as a as a business professional, I think more of our leaders should do this. There's there's a great book by Simon Sinek, The Infinite Game. If you haven't read it, um, but that long term thinking is going to help us design our people, process, technology, and data probably in a different way. Anytime you've got that gut feeling, I'm not quite sure this is right. My guess is it's off of a short-term objective. Be accountable for the funnel. So be accountable for revenue. Sign up for the revenue numbers. And I'll... I'm going so far as to say, take over the whole funnel, not just for marketing, but for uh, business development and for sales, even if you don't have the authority to do it, um, get instrumentation into it, get the optics into the funnel and start to drive some insights. There's probably going to be no one stopping you and there may not even be anyone whose responsibility this is, which is a good opportunity to look at all of the metrics of the business. If you sign up for that, get more analytical and have someone on your team analyzing the channels of the business, where things are growing, um, that will allow us to get into the right conversations as the strategists. And everyone wants to be data guided. That's almost uh, table stakes at this point. And all of these insights and metrics and benchmarks and your data, like all, all of you are snowflakes that, that none of these frameworks are gonna work for you. None of these uh, models are gonna work for you. You need to build them yourself, but you should use that data to model out your revenue goals for the long-term so you can have that strategic decision. Um, and these models are important because they, they give you credibility. They, um, are, you're able to answer the question, what's coming? And I get asked that question all the time in all of my roles is what are you doing and what's coming? And if you say, here's the plan, here's my goals, um, you you can get in front of that instead of being on your back foot. The next one is report in the same format as finance. And this is important because we are really good at making really cool dashboards. And we spend more time, at least I do, talking about the format than I do the content. But if you can align with your CFO on the, format you can now talk about the results and an insight um, that that i'll share with all of you to use is non-data and flat data is an insight you can report on this has not gone up you can report on we don't have optics into that and if you're using the same metrics that the business is using you can have a really good conversation, just be candid and honest. Is here's what we're measuring. And then here are the things that we're doing to change that. Uh, the other the other thing that I've seen marketers do, and I've done myself, is not ask for budget and investments and things. And it's almost like it's the chicken or the egg. It's, hey, if you gave me a $100,000, I'll go optimize that spend. And it's like, well, there's CEOs over there being like, you haven't asked me for anything. How could I say yes or no? So we as marketers need to step up and say, here's a bunch of ideas and ranked from top to bottom of things that, that I would spend a uh, hundred thousand dollars on. And the reason I need a hundred thousand dollars and not 90,000 and not 110,000 is because it aligns to my model, which we've talked about, which is part of the funnel, which that can then deliver uh, on, on the, the ultimate outcomes that we're, we're going for. And so we need to be more proactive as marketers. Uh, I've, I've stepped on this land more times than I'd like to say of presenting, of suggesting, of putting ideas out there instead of just waiting for us to be di- dictated to, or um, this is how much you guys have to work with, go have fun, optimize, and, and go from there. The other thing that uh, that hurts our credibility as marketers that I've seen, um, a danger to us is uh, answering justification and results with technology. And our our MarTech companies have done a really good job to say, you will achieve all of your business outcomes if you buy this tool. Um, And a lot of us have overextended our technology or we, um, we haven't utilized it fully and this is a this is a rule that says, take a moment, put on your marketing ops hat and say, how much do we really need at this point? If we're a team of three, do we need three tools? Or do we need five tools? Do we need 10 tools? What are we actually logging into? And try and bring the utilization of a tool systematically one by one from zero to 100, the next one, zero to 100, the next one, zero to 100, and then solve specific problems, but define it. Um, and and have that be part of your budget discussions. The last, or the second to last one here is um, reduce friction to buy from you. So we talked about immediate results. Like we are under pressure to deliver immediate results. Sometimes we fall into the trap of, we we go through all of these efforts to to get some sort of result, especially uh, an early indicator because we're under so much pressure that we, we report on impressions and clicks and downloads and former fills and et cetera, that we make it really hard to buy from us. Like how many of us have a resource center that is gated all of our stuff. And most of the people are like, I just want to understand what you do. Inch me a little closer to what you do. And you're over here. Like I will explain you what you do, but you've got to fill out these seven forms. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, Fill out the forms and I'll tell you what you do. And they're like, "I have time for that, right? No one has time for anything. So reduce friction to buy from you, use that as a a quick win and focus on the right metrics that are part of your funnel instead of the the vanity metrics, so to speak. And you'll start to get that credibility and and the quick wins is what that one's about. The last one here is the enemy is perfection, right? develop a bias to action and just go do stuff. If you've got nothing else to report on, a lot of us have have probably reported on all the activity. Activity alone can only get us so far because we have to report on the business objectives. So we don't have to showcase all of activity, but we can't be standing still, especially since uh, some of the other forces that we're gonna talk about are going to uh, eventually catch up to us. And we just need to get things done and doesn't have to be perfect, create those minimum viable products, get them out the door and then iterate and iterate and iterate. And if if we as marketers get the reputation of being the function of the business that just delivers, we uh, I think can be set up in a good position because a lot of other organizations and a lot of uh, other functions have a bunch of rules and red tape and process and this and that, just get things done um and and you can justify the function and your ceos will start going to you and saying this isn't really what you're supposed to do but i need this done can you help us becoming a partner there so i'm going to sprint through these other ones and then leave time for everyone to ask any questions that you have the next problem force here is change we are all up against change and change isn't just change change is actually changing faster it's accelerating and so what are some things that we can do some ideas to build a function that is timeless um that can stand against change and that's obviously your people and it's your people's attitude uh is is the number one i've I've seen a couple of great sessions here uh, at peak about hiring and recruiting. And it's incredibly competitive, but it's also incredibly rewarding uh, if you do it right. And, and the key here is, can you get people who have that drive and agility to help you get things done in a bias to action? The next one, um, you'll see the, the theme and the red thread kind of tied through all these is, is, this is, if you do these anyway, regardless of what happens in 2022 and 2023 and 2033, et cetera, these can help you battle change because you've kind of prepared for them. So develop their direct channel or an audience. Uh, I've seen a lot of marketers, myself included, have put all of our eggs into someone's else else's basket. We see this in B2C a lot with like, Hey, I, I, I set up my Facebook account and I generated millions of dollars, but then Facebook turned me off. Like you did something. Facebook had all the control or, um, or you built your entire revenue stream through PayPal, or you uh, are a B2B company and you're relying on all of these events and then the events go away, right? We, we, we create and show up where our audience is, but we sometimes forget to build that audience ourselves. And if we focus on developing a direct channel with our prospects, our, our community, our, um, our customers, and we have that direct access, no one can take that away from you. That's our, that's our long game here, right? Like that's, the, that's your proprietary relationships with the community. Develop that direct channel, invest in it. It doesn't have to be 100% of your time right now, um, but make sure that you don't leave all of your eggs in the Google paid search basket, because what if Google changes their algorithm, which they're prone to do, and now your SEO is gone, they change paid search for some reason, um, et cetera, et cetera the other uh these uh, next ones coming up are about how you position and build this audience in this community and so the first one is promote your customers as heroes uh how many of you guys have bought martech and then the company who who you either were about to buy or bought celebrated you and helped you and and promoted kind of your story and and you're like that, that bond strengthened and it helped them, they got their story out there, it helped you, maybe you got promoted because of it. Um, it's a huge tool to, to tell your story um, via your customers so far as to go tell their story. If you promote them as heroes, um, how many people believe anyone, any BDR on LinkedIn that messages them and says, we can solve all your problems and we're the best? Does anybody believe them? No, no one believes them. So why do we bother as marketers saying that we're the best? Our customers should say that we're the best because they'll listen to them, and our customers, um, they'll listen to our customers, and we can get the same message across. Let's just do it a, a different way, a smarter way. Um, the other one is: is how many of your people, uh, especially at you know any size organization, even if you you're you're a, a single marketer just to the president, how many of those people are, um, are leveraging their networks? And what I mean by that is as a marketing team, we understand the tools and the platforms better than anyone. Are we giving them, feeding them content to post on social and LinkedIn? Are we issuing press releases about. Uh, New hires and uh, and the people at our organization and getting their expertise out there, if we start promoting our people as as gurus, we will we will be able to get that message across because this is my personal opinion, but I believe that. um, No one really cares about following companies like how many of you are like oh man i'm excited to follow company xyz I can't wait to understand what company xyz thinks. You follow the companies, you follow the people behind the companies that have those ideas, the founders, the head of product, the head of marketing, the head of development. Like let's, let's stand those people up on a pedestal and regardless of what happens in the future, we've got these people um, to, to tell stories from and celebrate. Uh, the next one is treat content like a product. Uh, and this is, this is a borrowed from the book Killing Marketing, if anyone's read it. It's basically act as a media company and create your, um, your content as a valuable asset, measure it almost like a product lunch. So take your content out there, but here's the key to this one. Your content has to be good. Your content has to give some sort of value. You can't just say, here's an ebook that is basically our sales pitch and I'm going to gate it and, and you've got to jump through three hoops. And then when you get it, you gotta measure if they engaged with it. You gotta measure how you know interesting, uh, how how they liked it, et cetera. And as you do that with your content, you you start to give it away. But you think of it like a product. Uh, you s- decide where the gates are. Your story should be consistent. How many how many of you have worked for a company that either has multiple products, or uh, changing products, or changing industries? And every time you issue a press release or uh, an email or post you're talking about something different and it's like hey we just we're in this business now now we're over in this business now we're in this business. Well tie the red thread for people like give them one consistent story across the board and don't do it in a general way, but let's get personal with it and let's as often as we can. Maybe we do a little bit less but let's try and do it specific to them, because everyone wants to know. Why me? Why would you reach out to me? Why are you Why are you selling into my company? Why don't you go sell to these these people? And my Why my role? Like ex, let's explain it to them and say, well, the reason why we're selling to a vice president of marketing for a B two B company is because here's three other B two B companies that are very similar to you, and one of your peers actually just did a case study on this. And uh, I know you were talking about this at this event last week. And so I'm connecting the dots for you. I'm acting as this Sherpa guide, trying to add value to you even before you buy our product. Uh, The other one here is protect the creative process. We don't wanna be marketers that that are all the way into fluffy brand, uh, non-measurable, non-impactful. Um, But we also can't be robots that are repeating the baselines and benchmarks that that everyone else is doing, right? And and the the word that kills us here, how how many of you have tried this or used this word, is scalable. Hey, marketers, go build a scalable process. And you're like, well, scalable is not creative. I can't be super creative. I' if I'm, if I'm building this thing for the masses and so protect that. try and test and experiment some things that you know are not scalable um, and have and, and I'll just mean creative in terms of aesthetics, but creative in terms of are you giving your marketing team the, the authority to have ideas, try things, fail, learn, um, get better and and, some, and grow. And, and actually capture those learnings, but protect the creative process and, and keep your team, uh, keep your team able to, to try different things because not everything is scalable and we don't want everything scalable because guess what you lose when you become scalable? You learn, lose personalization. So those two, that's why they're next to each other. Um, if you are inconsistent with your, your story, if you are not personalizing, and if you haven't protect the creative process, it's really hard to have any type of consistent brand identity. And then people are like, "I don't really know you." So let me. This is this is one where it is a timeless rule. Let's let's we we all know the brands that have some sort of personality that you're like, even if it's just text or copy. You're like, I kind of think that that's maybe Wendy's, right? That said that, or I maybe think that. You know, maybe that's something that that uh, Apple would have posted like, you know, Adobe kind of talks like that, and not just in in type but come up with with your own consistent brand identity so people start to kind of recognize you. Because then you'll be more authentic in the long run, no matter how things change and then um, this is one of those that can sneak up on you is data like don't ignore it as things change, as we, we throw a bunch of things into the system, system. If you're battling change, your database is changing and it's degrading by 25% every year. Stay on top of those things and stay on top of personal information. This is kind of one of those things where, you know, early on uh, in SEO or like 10 years ago, everyone was chasing the algorithm and, and the smart people were just like, I'm going to, I'm not gonna chase the algorithm. Instead, I am going to just build the best experience for the user. And guess what Google did? They changed their algorithm to align with the best user experience. With GDPR and CCPA, personal information is uh, is only becoming more relevant. Let's treat it right. Because as the world evolves, uh, it's only going to get um, uh, users are only gonna get more control of it. So if we, if we respect it now, treat it the right way, we'll be able to get in front of change. And then related to that is we as marketers need to follow what's happening regarding the personal information, the regulations, especially if you're a global company and how things work with our data, we need to respect it and we need to uh, follow and stay on top of it, even if you don't have a um, compliance department. All right, we're in the final stretch here. Third problem, uh, I will leave time for, for questions here, quick time check. Um, all right, so this is, we talked about this earlier, everyone thinks they're a marketer. And I don't know if you have any, any secret insights to this. My guess, and, and based on some conversations I've had with, with people, is that everyone thinks they are a marketer and every, all of your stakeholders are well-meaning. Meaning they want you to be successful, uh, and they are well intentioned almost always, and they're trying to help you. Uh, however, they have I think a little bit overconfidence that they understand the entire marketing function. And I'm not saying that the marketing function is is you know rocket science or or you know ex- extremely extremely complicated and and hard to understand and learn. But it is one hundred percent multidimensional and complex, and and not and everything is tied together can be tied together at, in our heads as marketers. I think in a more complex way than someone who's never done it before. But regardless of that, the confidence of our stakeholders is here that they understand it. And this is i think a very real challenger for a challenge for us because they see a gap sometimes and they want to help us and they are well intentioned and they think they can fill that gap and so what are we doing as a marketing team to communicate to educate to show them that we have a plan it's aligned to the business we can justify it it is built for the long term it is based on models it is measured and we got this so how, how many of you would like your stakeholders just to step back a little like you're, you're always going to l- listen to them, but you're like just just hold on a second let's play this out my team is very smart we understand the, the business objectives we want. Um, let's play this out and then let's do some testing, and experimenting your idea, thank you for it let's try it let's throw it into our process but. Uh, but we have to we have to own this function. We've got to raise our hand and say, yes, marketing, revenue, marketing, demand gen. We've got this. So how do you do this? What are it's a it's a big challenge, right? Um, everyone thinks they're a marketer. Um, Over communicate, and and I, I really mean this. Like it, it's not enough uh, to just say what you're going to do. It's not enough to just say what you're doing (laughs) it's not enough to communicate what you did, you have to do all of those and you have to do them consistently. And you have to do them all the time, because as marketers I think sometimes we think I said it, it was heard, I think we got to change that assumption to I said it. It may have been heard, but probably not. So I'm going to say it again and again and again and again and again, not just with our internal stakeholders, but also with with our customers. And if we're consistent about it and we're bored with our own message, I think that's a good thing. I think it's when we, we change our message too often is where we sometimes get into trouble. And based on what you did, what you're doing, what you're going to do, document it. Document it. Write it down. Refer back to it. Say, hey, we talked about this. Last week, we talked about this. Remember? Here it is again. Here it is again. Here it is again. This is what we're thinking of. This is what we're planning. Document, document, document. Document is one of those things that's part of planning. It's also one of those things that's part of analysis. And it's also one of those things that's probably way down here in your list. Like, I'm just trying to get things done, Cody. That's nice that you're able to write things down. I don't have time to write things down. I get it. But We've got to write what we're doing down. We've got to write our model down. We've got a plan. We've got to put it on paper. Strategy is nothing if it's not on paper. Uh, make that part of your culture um, and have all of these ideas, execute them like a science experiment. Have a hypothesis, have a forecast, say what you're going to do. If you are way wrong, that is an insight. If you said I was gonna generate 25 meetings this month and they were gonna come from paid search. And guess what? We got zero. Okay, what's your point of view? Why do you think that is? What was your hypothesis going in? Why did you think it was 25 meetings? And what went wrong? What did you learn? Um, That's the motion they need to be in. And then you can prioritize what you do by what you learn based on what was written down and then tell everyone Tell everyone what you learned, tell everyone again, tell everyone your plan. Um, Tell everyone over and over until your board, their board, and then change up how you tell them, but continue to tell them. And you have to do this not in a silo, especially your planning process. Uh, I have built these plans in a silo. I have taken the time to make them what I considered perfect. And then ultimately when I went to do execution, the allies in our company we're like, we didn't know that was coming. Uh, I wouldn't have done it that way. And so you've got to build those allies. You've got to, you've got to have them come up with your idea and guide them towards it. Um, and then write it down. Include uh, your, your strategic partners. Include um, your customer teams. Include any of the funnel that you have insight into. Add value in those areas. Measure it. Write it down and then here's one that that we sometimes add to the bottom of the list and we don't get to is we let our go-to-market teams have all the insights with our buyers and we are the ones developing the messaging so we need to talk with our buyers often and all the time and we no one's going to volunteer us into the room there's, there's opportunities that, that, you know, tools like Gong that you can listen to the conversations, but we've gotta be more forceful about being in the room, asking questions, understanding the business. Again, going back to number one, if we're strategic business partners, we need to understand how it's being sold, um, what the problem is at a really, really deep level. And then everything that we do, let's ask about, let's ask our customers, let's ask internal folks, let's say, what did you think of that? This was our experiment and point of view and hypothesis. This is uh, what was your opinion that would strengthen uh, our ability to build allies. And then, last last one on the list uh, is re- resist knee jerk reactions to competitors. And the reason why this one is on there in in <laughs> the theme, hopefully, you see is I believe that all of you have the potential. To do things better for your organization with the marketing revenue marketing function than anyone else in your organization, I truly believe that. I think I think you have the the unique perspective that no one else in your organization—not your your not your CEO, not your CFO, not your head of sales—you have the best position in the company for marketing, and this is uh, a bunch of ideas to to help you not succumb to this the gps of your competitors the gps of your stakeholders um and taking you off the path so so the, all of these ideas are define the path defend the path articulate the path communicate the path uh, create your own gps um, that's all focused on revenue uh, and doing that i think it'll be timeless i think you'll be able to justify it And I think in the long term, you will be able to to own the GPS and all of those people who are like, I can do your job better. You're like, thanks for the input. Your perspective is invaluable, but I'm managing this. I own this. And ultimately, it's more rewarding because you're defining it. So that is it from me. I think we've got time for any questions that you have, but I really appreciate kind of you listening to me.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Cody. Did anyone have anything to add? I know we were kind of sharing quotes and things in the chats. I anyone not have any questions that they wanted to uh, go through. You can go all the way back to rule one if you want to, if you had any notes or things that you would like to ask Cody, while we've got the time.
0: How do you guys uh, promote your people as gurus? You said kind of like if you if you bring on a new hire, somebody to join your organization, shout out on social about them. Are there other ways that you guys tackle this? Yeah, um, it's, it's any opportunity that you have. Like if someone at your company has a PhD, right, in, in anything, engineering or uh, biology, whatever you're selling, the leaders of your company and those people. Like use those people, tell their story, extract it out of them, interview them, act as a reporter. Um, we create blog posts on behalf of our people. Uh, I use people all the time for lunch and learns. And webinars, and and I try and get our smartest people. I am not our smartest person at this company for what we do. It's not my, it's not my background and function to solve the problems that we are for our customers. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be a storyteller here, so I'm trying to extract the stories from those smart people, and then I'm going to try and highlight them and why they are this expert, their years of experience, their degrees, their um, et cetera, et cetera
1: a question. Uh, this is Sarah. Cody, um, first of all, thank you so much for all of the great insights. Um, you spoke about uh, developing a direct channel with your audience and kind of having a proprietary relationship uh, with your community. I was wondering if you had any kind of actionable examples of that. And obviously, peak community and everything that Sangram is doing there is one phenomenal example. But any other kind of context or examples you can add there would be wonderful.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. I can, I can share a couple ideas. Uh, the first and obvious one is your, your email database and your CRM. Um, are you, are you selling to them or are you emailing them value? And when you email them value, are you doing it on behalf of the company or are you doing it on behalf of the people at your company that have the relationships? So I send a lot of emails from my CEO to our prospects and our, our, um, our customers. Uh, I send emails to our basically emulating them, spoofing them, but they know ahead of time that's involved and they can see all the replies. So, uh, but I'm managing all of that as the marketing function. And um, another example is uh, at my last company, we did a lot of customer championing we put them on the homepage and we we took our case studies and we're just like let's tell their story and use every platform that we have social media uh, our email database any events that we go to let's put them on stage and basically kind of you know uh, bump them up there and just say look how great this person is and and so that one together with customers as heroes you develop that direct relationship and then the other one is if you can create a community. Some of the, some companies do this really well, where they create either premier content or they create like roundtables, like we do lunch and learns and roundtables a lot that you'll never see promoted externally. But these um, in, in uh, customer boards, right? Like opportunities to bring people together, introduce them to each other. Um, all of those are are some things that I've done in the past to create that direct connection as the marketing team. To our customers and prospects, uh, and connecting them together.
1: Awesome, those are great. Thanks,
0: hey Cody. I've got another one, and, and yeah, great, great presentation. There's there's a lot to go through uh, the, the, with the, with the thirty points. I would pick uh, number fourteen: treat content like a product. Uh,
1: I find that very interesting. Can can you can you talk a little bit more about what you guys are doing there?
0: Yeah, um, I like to tier our content into everything in free, just go get it inch closer to understand what our business is doing. If you consume an ebook and you get an understanding of what, what our solution is, I'm happy over here in, in my world. Um, and then the second the second tier is now that I've got you, um, we, we create, uh, a lot of the times they're like private events and um, reports and and we send those to the top engaged people as they're coming in and we we treat it almost like a product launch and so with a product launch you uh, in your premier content like a report or an ebook um, you've got your t-minus calendar and you say this is when we're going to launch that but what are all the channels we're going to promote it on so we send it via email we put it in newsletters uh, we introduce it into third-party media where we'll say we don't assume we have all the audience, so let's go and, and, and syndicate that content some of these places to get in front of it. And then we use it as part of our, our nurture. And, and then we measure the engagement with that piece of, uh, that asset or collateral um, as if they're, as if it's like a software program that you logged into. Like how many people read it all the way through? How many people watched this whole uh, webinar or video, uh, is it, is it more engaging than, than the other one that we did It's kind of a baseline, uh, it, and does it add value is the biggest thing. Cause if your product's not adding value, you you ultimately don't have any users, right? They all go away. Very, very cool. I, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. If you want to dive into that one, um, killing marketing is a, is a phenomenal, there's some examples of what Red Bull did, uh, in creating a magazine and a media company. Mm killing marketing killing marketing Yeah, it's this one by lizzie and rose thanks a lot
1: any other questions i know we're coming up on the last few minutes so uh if we if we don't have any other questions i will go ahead and uh close this out for the end of this hour thank you guys so much for coming to our peak event this friday uh we want everyone to walk away feeling one percent better every single week so you can get promoted to have an impact and do the best work of your life that is our goal here at peak so i'll be posting the recap in the community soon as always go leave a comment there i'll tag all of you guys that i see here in this session on that post so you can go look at it and then um come back to our event next week and we've got two events next week including a cmo power hour in our cmo circle if you're a part of that And then, um, we've got our Friday session going on as usual at same time, same place. So see you guys there and, um, everyone have a great rest of your week.
0: You've been listening to the flip my funnel podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening until next time.